They never found his body, but they say his spirit lives in the forest. This forest. A maniac. A thing no longer human. They say he lives on whatever he can catch. Eats them raw. Alive, maybe. And every year he picks on a summer camp and seeks his revenge for the terrible things those kids did to him. Every year he kills. Right now he's out there watching, waiting. So don't look. He'll see you. Don't breathe. He'll hear you. Don't move. Listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 48. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, the only show where when we think about camp, it makes us want to fart. Hey, <laughs> get it right or pay the price. It's I hope we never part. All right. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. And unless you were a kid in the 90s growing up watching... Uh, salute Your Shorts. Salute Your Shorts. You're not going to understand that. <laughs> Whatever happened to Buttnick? Ah, oh, Buttnick. Or Ugly. Ugly. Was that his actually name? Yeah. yeah. Was it really his actually name? What, actual was that his name? actually name? Well, that was the, no, that was his nickname. I can't remember his actual name. Donkey his Kick. Name. No, Donkey Lips. Donkey Lips. Sponge. Good old Donkey Punch on uh, Nickelodeon. Uh, was Sponge the, Sponge was the new kid, right? He was the nerd with the little glasses. Oh. Because um, he absorbed everything like a sponge. Wasn't there a girl on that show that went on to do big stuff? Porn? <laughs> not not that kind of big stuff. No, like, she, um, fifteen to eighteen inches. <laughs> no, uh, uh, no, well, there the, was the one dude like who was who was like the new camper. Yeah, he uh, he was in Rilo Kylie with um, yeah, Jenny, Jenny what's her face? Uh, uh, McCarthy. No, not Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, no, I know who you're talking about. I you can't know think who about I'm it. talking yeah. about. Donkey Lips showed up in a couple of random movies, like in the yeah. early 2000s, I think. Uh, Why are we talking about salute your shorts? <laughs> what the fuck? What's going on, fellas? Ah, uh, not a whole lot. How are you, gentlemen? Good. 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 <laughs> I'm not as good as what? James, but Justin sounds like he's a little sick. Little, little stuffy. It sounds like I'm holding my nose all day, battling some sinus bullshit, and. Don't breathe on me. With it. This is it a make, small room. Don't, don't breathe. breathe. Don't breathe. If it makes you feel any better, that's how I sound every time I sing. So. <laughs> that's, that's I'm trying a... to find my heart in San Francisco. <laughs> Which is why none of our bands ever made it. <laughs> that's right. They made it to me, though. Um, I actually, I, so I went to, you guys might notice, <laughs> you guys might notice this. This is shorter than it. I went to trim my beard up today. I got a fuck. I got a bone to pick with Norelco. If there's anybody from Norelco listening right now, I'm gonna sue you for better damages or something. I went to trim my beard, and I, I don't, uh, I don't usually take it down this far. Yeah. Cause I, I like to keep some beard on my. That's face. not your job, is it? A beard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, a beard wants to grow, you know. Sure. It wants to grow, so let it. And. Uh, I went to trim it at a three. You know, I keep it at a three. It's like a good. It's oh, a good acceptable. And the fucking guard. I start to I start to trim, and I go, God, they look short. 
And I look, and the guard had slipped down to a one. I'm like, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) So now I look like a little baby-faced 12-year-old. There was a uh, a guy I used to record that uh, came in here one day for a session (laughs) during his album, and he uh, did the same thing, but he was trimming his eyebrows. (laughs) And it went down to, like, the zero, and he came in, and his eyebrows were shaved off, and he drew them on with eyebrow pencil. He drew them back on? He did. Dude, just accept accept what you've Uh, done and, and move on. That's amazing. Anyway, what do you got going on? Not a whole lot, man. I've uh, I've rekindled my um, my my past love of reading. You have comic books. Oh, comic books <laughs> for some <laughs> not for, real reading. No, no, no. Hey, they're they're novels, just okay, of the graphic sure. variety. Mm-hmm. Um, no, for whatever reason, I don't know why. I had this hankering to go back and start reading from the beginning the old Spawn comics. I think it's because I've been seeing uh, McFarlane in the news a lot lately yeah. talking about the new reboot. And so uh, I've read the first couple issues, and then I actually rewatched the Spawn movie today. Oh, yeah? <laughs> that movie's so good. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. It, it reminds me of, it's good in the same vein of, have you ever seen The Giver? Yes. It's that kind With of Mark good. Hamill? Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's like just creature effects galore. Uh-huh. Like, like like the Spawn character, and then you have the Violator. John Leguizamo is yeah, he was awesome. fucking amazing. Um, I don't know why Martin Short's in that movie. <laughs> or Martin Sheen, rather. Martin, oh, I was going to say Martin yeah. Short's on that movie. <laughs> I don't know why he's there. He, that's kind of out of place. But yeah. uh, that movie's so good. And and it's so it's so weird because um, the special effects in that movie are sometimes incredible. Like, I still think that his suit transformation is one of the, is one of the best suit transformations. You were saying a, a couple weeks ago where you think it should be... That sh- that, that's, that's how, how Venom, Venom should look. look. Yeah. Same colors and everything. Right. He's even got like, the white stripes on his... It looks like him. Yeah. Um, however, some of the, the digital effects, the other digital effects, mm-hmm. are just terrible. <laughs> the devil, um, Malgonio or whatever his name is, yeah. like the, the devil yeah. Satan character in, in Spawn, uh-huh. Looks terrible. It looks like a bad '90s arcade game version. Like, but then you have this awesome CG in like his cape. Remember how his cape opens up? Yeah. And it looks. It still looks sick. It looks awesome. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, so. I, I was kind of taken aback by how well it held up in some places and how bad it held up. It's almost like they had two completely different teams working on it, and they never looked at each other's work. <laughs> like that's that's what it looks like. Was that rated R? I I think so. I remember it being pretty racy for because I I was like I I went to watch it. I was like oh, that's a comic book movie. Yeah, I mean well, the comic dark, the comic books were very comic, yeah. yeah the comic books were very violent. But uh, might have been PG thirteen because I know Sci Fi put it out. Oh, I see. Not on the Sci Fi channel. I think they just produced it or something. I don't know. Right on. But um anyway uh well we went to a show this past weekend in Detroit. We we, did. we went to see Circus Survive and Rated AFI. R by, Rated R by the Rated way. Rated R. Yeah, that's what I figured. Uh, Circus Survive in AFI in um, in Detroit, lovely Detroit, mm-hmm. and uh, we went to this place called the Rusted Crow beforehand. It's a really cool bar. Swanky. It's, is it swanky? It's, I don't, it's pretty swanky. We had a drink called Rosemary's Baby. We did. That is not only a cool name, but also a delicious, delicious drink. Good <laughs> lord. Anything with rosemary in it is good with me. Anything with babies in it. <laughs> <laughs> babies. Um, actually, there was there was uh, there was some people there set up across the room uh, with a with a merch table. We're like, why the hell is there a merch table in the middle of a bar? So we went over to ask what was going on. And it's this company called Mitten Kid, and I'm not doing this because we're sponsored by Mitten Kid or because we want to like, you know, there's no ulterior motives here. It's just. Yeah. We like promoting Michigan brands. If you listen to our show before, we love the we love being from Michigan. We're very proud of that fact. We like to drink Michigan beers as often as possible. So uh, we're just gonna hawk a or plug a, a Michigan brand here. It's called Mitten Kid. 
uh, Mitten Kid Clothing, and we met uh, Adam, Adam. Yep. who's the co-owner, and uh, just kind of started talking with him. He's a really cool dude, really mm -hmm. friendly, and um, the shirts are awesome. Yeah. I don't find a lot of shirts that fit me very well. No, you got a you got a regular tee. I got a tank. This, <clears> this tank had like it's the best fitting tank I think I've honestly ever owned. Yeah, and they're comfortable too. Like yeah, they're, they're comfortable. They're like, as hell. they're like American Apparel level comfort, if not better. Better. I never yeah, liked you know? American Apparel. I, I like I always liked them, but yeah, they're super comfy. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I was just kind of asking him. I was like, "What's uh, so what's the deal with your company? Like, how would you know? What's the story?" And he's like, well, it's, it's kind of funny because I told him we were going to talk about him on the podcast. He's like, it's funny that you guys are a horror podcast because we actually came up with the idea for this company on Halloween. He told me that him and his buddy, the co-owner of this, uh, uh, of, the, of Mitten Kid. So <laughs> he tells me that uh, it was him and his buddy, Steve-O. They're sitting next to a keg at a party dressed as as Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. All right, I can get down with that. Just kicking around ideas. They're like, man, we need a we need something on the side to just <laughs> we need to create. We need to have fun with what we're doing. So they started tossing around this idea of, you know, we both love Michigan. We both are into just promoting the hell out of the state that we live in. So they came up with this idea for Mitten Kid uh -huh. and they just ran with it and it's it's really taken off. So we just wanted to give them a quick shout out because they were super cool, friendly, friendly guys. Well, friendly guy. We only met Adam. I'm sure yeah. Steve O's equally as friendly. And we just wanted to give them a shout because uh, we love Michigan. And if you're in Michigan, go check it out. Yeah, buy, it's, uh, buy mitten, their shit. It's mittenkidclothing.com. And you can find them on Instagram and all that. So, uh, Adam, nice meeting you, dude. Uh, we're loving the shirts and mm -hmm. keep doing what you're doing, brother. Uh, print some beer koozies. Yeah, print some beer yeah. koozies. Yes, good idea. We well, used the shit out of those. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, enough so what with, what enough with all week? that. Um, we this this week we are drinking from Sierra Nevada. It's called Beer Camp, and this is a twelve pack called Beer Camp across the world. Uh, what Sierra Nevada did was um, they basically did uh, collaborations with twelve different breweries from across the world mm -hmm. and came up with twelve different beers. So we're gonna drink all twelve. And, and the show is going to get worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one we're drinking tonight is called, uh, uh, it's just called Dunkelweiss. 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 This was a collaboration with Ayinger Brewery from uh, Ayinger, uh, Germany. I hope I'm saying that right. If there's any uh, people from Germany listening, feel free to correct me. Uh, Bavaria's Ayinger are legends in brewing in, legends in the brewing industry, known for their love and perfection of classic German beer styles. Playing off their background, we came together to create this dark twist on the Bavarian-style wheat beer. This beer features layers of wheat malt flavor and was handled through traditional open fermenters to highlight Ayinger's famous Hefeweizen yeast character. And if you don't know, Sierra Nevada brews out of Chico, California. Chico. Oh, and Mills River, North Carolina. Mills River. So let's Mills <laughs> River. So let's give this old Dunkelweiss a try, boys. Dunkelweiss. Jay, don't touch me. You sick bastard. Slam Dunkel. Hey oh. <laughs> it's got you know. It's pretty good. What did we drink? We drank uh, something a few weeks ago, where I said something about the taste of rotten avocados. Uh huh. This has got the same thing. Is it's, it? it's not in a bad way necessarily. It's just when a, when an avocado goes bad, it's got like this mm -hmm. weird smoky sort of yeah. scent. I wish and this tastes like this, that. This has good flavor. I like the taste of it. I wish that it had a little bit of a bite to it though. 
Yeah. It kind of falls yeah, flat. Yeah, it's really flat. Kind of falls flat in the back of your palate. Yeah. You know? Well, that's enough of that. <laughs> so we're gonna we're going to periodically just grab another bottle every now and then and, and crack one. Uh, if it sounds like we're drinking a ton, we're not drinking a full bottle apiece, obviously. Yes, we are. I mean, yes, that wouldn't it wouldn't be possible. <laughs> I actually went out and bought six. Oh, hold on. First of all, I, my wife would uh, punch me in the face if I didn't say this. I have to give her credit for picking this up today because oh, yeah. this is actually this was like apparently a hot ticket item because I called all over today. I, I went on Sierra Nevada's beer locator and, and checked out where they had it around town. Mm-hmm. And it was in a few different places around town, and I called up all those places, places that we normally go, Wine Village, Parkway, stuff like that. Yeah. And they said, oh, no, like Parkway's like, dude, you're calling me like two months too late. That, that stuff like flew off the shelf. I was like, fuck. Because beer, camp, we're talking sure. about, uh, I didn't even say what we're talking about today, but we're talking about movies that take place at summer camps. So beer camp makes sense. And I couldn't find it anywhere. I managed to find it at one other place, and my wife went and picked it up for us on our way home. I have to give her a shout-out. Erin, you are a goddess, an earth angel, and I love you. <laughs> That's enough of that shit. I think you're okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, Mike thinks you're all right, too. <laughs> all right, anyway, um, Michael? Yes, uh, so we said some stupid shit last week, as we do at times, so... Well, you, maybe. Let's just get past this as quick as we can. All right. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, so last week we were talking about shorts. One of those shorts was the original Saw movie. Mm-hmm. Or a Saw short, rather. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, for whatever reason, couldn't remember how many Saw movies James Wan had directed. He only directed one. <laughs> we thought it might have been two. We're dumb. Uh, also, we said that Dakota Fanning uh, did her first genre piece in uh, Zygote. Mm-hmm. That's not true. She was in War of the Worlds well, remake she, with Tom Cruise. Well, she was also in Hide and Seek. Was she? That's a genre movie. Sure. I isn't isn't that her in hide and seek with uh with um what the hell's his name? I've never seen it. So Bob I don't know. De Niro. Oh, maybe. Wasn't it? Sure. Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> I've never seen it, so I can't. I might answer be that correcting question. myself well, again. Regardless of which, she was that was not her first uh, genre experience. So. so I've got a I've got one that goes back like four weeks now. <laughs> well, we've talked about it for the past. This will be the third week, I guess, in a row. Um, I originally said Barbara Crampton was in the Lords of Salem as one of the sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Z from Exploding Head said she wasn't in Lo- the Lords of Salem. I came back yesterday or last week and said she was, but I don't know where she was, so I figured it out. She's actually originally she was supposed to play a bigger part, but uh, she was supposed to play the camera operator on Lobster Joe's Fishy Fun Show. There's only one part that she actually does show up in the movie. It's the part where um, they're actually spinning the record over, over, like on the radio show, okay. and all the women around town are being entranced by it. So it's just one of those. She's she's the woman who you can tell she's on on the set of a show or something. She's she looks she's got like some gaff tape hang, hanging from her belt and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. She's it's like she's literally in the movie for about twenty seconds. Oh okay. But yeah, gotcha. Barbara Crampton is in the Lords of Salem, just not a lot. So are we going to talk about Barbara Crampton again next week? Probably. Yeah, I'll find some way to bring her up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it, actually. That's it? That's it. Like I said, it wasn't as bad as usual. Well, I guess that means it's time for the bleed feed. The bleed feed. <laughs> Say, folks, are you tired of your whore news being nothing but a bunch of horse feathers? 
Well, forget about that, Tommy Rot, because now you're listening to the Bleed Feed. Take it away, Charlie. Salisbury Joe, you really took the egg with that one. Say, you better shut your mouth there, Charlie. Or old Salisbury Joe is going to put you in a pine overcoat. Ooh, speaking of a pine overcoat. Yeah. Oh, bad segue, Michael. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, guys, this has been a really bad week for people dying. A really, 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 really bad. bad week. Yep. Um, let's just uh, let's just get into it. Um, for our purposes, the biggest one of the week is uh, George Romero. Which, not to say that he's any more no, or less no, important but, but because than, we but, are a, I mean, horror, a horror show, and right. he's the godfather of modern horror. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's weird because, you know, all of the Carpenters, all the Cronenbergs, all the the Craven went, you know, like, all these guys are in the next 10, 15, 20 years... They're all going to be gone, right. you know. And we're, we're, Wes Craven was a big one that we lost um, uh, due to illness, or whatever. Uh, George Romero also, you know, he he had been he had been sick for a while. I remember hearing like reports that he had that he had been sick. He had been battling some illness and whatnot. I don't. Th- did anybody know he had cancer though? I don't know. I'm sure some people did. I don't know that we did though. Yeah, like, I don't know that well, I did. Yeah, I mean, like the public. Did the public know that he had lung cancer? Or? Uh, no, I mean he was a huge smoker. It doesn't shock me. You see him in old uh, interviews, and he was always puffing away. So yeah, it, it doesn't sucks. shock me at all. Ugh. But um, you know what? He he leaves behind a, a body of work that speaks for Unrivaled. itself. Unrivaled. Yeah. And and we we will forever have that. That's one of the. If there's a silver lining when these types of people pass away, it's that they'll never be forgotten because right. all you need to do is is pop in a disc or a, or a tape or whatever, or a, or a laser disc, and <laughs> um, and yeah. So well, it's just weird. Like last week, you you were talking about ah, we get you know George Romero's finally working on a new of the dead movie, yep. and then yep. like literally two days later, just I wonder if he had gotten sick, um, like more <laughs> sick than normal. And that's why he had not done directing as, as we were thinking yeah you know right but um yeah he was 77 years old uh he passed away in his sleep uh listening to the soundtrack to the quiet man from really? 1952 it's like his favorite wow. soundtrack wow so do he went on he went as peacefully as you could possibly go it sounds like so yeah. uh well, rest in you peace. will be forever missed sir yeah let's uh raise our glasses speaking of are we having uh i'll talk about it afterward that's, ooh, that's ooh, interesting. That one's really good. Um, so moving along, I apologize for like the first five pieces of news in this in this week. It's all people passing away, but um, Martin Landau also yes. passed away at the age of eighty nine. Um, he was uh, he was in Hitchcock's North by Northwest. He's probably best known for uh, playing Bella Lugosi and Ed Wood. Yep. For the purposes Burton's, of our show, Burton's Tim Burton's Ed Wood. Ed Wood. I think he actually won. An Academy Award for that role, didn't he? Did he? I have no idea. Jay, you want to look that up for me? Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, Oscar for Best Supporting okay, Actor. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I actually, I, I didn't actually know that. And I really liked him in Rounders. Rounders is one of my favorite movies. He's been in so much. Stuff. Oh, he's been in a t- he's ton of he's... ton of movies. But I just like for some reason I I always really liked his character in Rounders. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a huge role, but he's just just a wise. Wise old judge. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's one of those. He's one of those. He was one of those. Like the last of the, one of the last old time, golden age actors. You know. Yeah. I mean? Yeah. Golden age. Hitchcock. Sure. Yeah. Well, like you say, I like, mean, it's you know, it's it's getting to be that time where people are just starting to go, and it yeah. sucks. But would golden age technically be like uh, silent film era? 
I have no idea. Would the 50s be Silver Age, perhaps? I, uh, I, don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, regard, regardless, he's from an age when actors had class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not YouTube stars that, you know. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, why don't yeah. you... Rest in peace, yeah. uh, Martin Landau. Here, let's just... We'll keep raising our glasses to... Yep. Uh... All right, uh, the next one. Next one's... Um, We'll continue with uh, the last one is not movie related um, to a degree. The la- the next one's a kind of a weird one. Um, uh, special effects technician Joseph Lavolsi. Le- mm-hmm. Lavolsi, I believe that's how you say his last name. Um, you probably don't know his name. However, uh, he's a special effects guy, and you you know his work. He's worked on a, on a an absolute ton of stuff. Uh, Minority Report, uh, the Pirate of the, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, um, The Avengers, Furious Seven, Ant Man, Captain America: Civil War. This guy's got a, a long yeah. resume, mm-hmm. um, and he had just finished working on, I believe it was the uh, the Dwayne Johnson Rampage movie. Okay, he had just finished that. He had moved on to start working on Godzilla: King of the Monsters mm-hmm. for Mike Doherty, and uh, I guess if if, if if memory serves, he uh, he didn't show up to set one day, which mm-hmm. is really odd. And uh, they tried to, to find him, and I guess a couple days had gone by, and they couldn't get hold of him. And it turns out they found him, uh, and he had been shot multiple times. Jeez, uh, in his just, home? Uh, well, in the where he was staying, uh, in, in his an apartment in Atlanta. Oh my god! So I don't know if he, I don't know if that was his home or if that's where he was living for the shoot. And they don't know anything. Cause he just, like, cause they he don't just know anything about project. it. If it was just like random home at invasion time, or at this time, they have no no clue. Jeez, that's but crazy. He was murdered by somebody. Terrible. Um, so yeah, like that's, whew, that's, that's, that's sucks. Well, <laughs> keep, so. keep raising them boys. Um, the next one, this next one hurts, man. Well, uh, well here, I'll, I'm, I'm, before you get to that one, uh, uh, some of you may have heard that there was a, a stunt man by the name of John Burnecker who took a nasty spill on the set of The Walking Dead, uh, last week. And he was, he was, he was in really bad shape. A couple days later, it came out that he had actually passed away from his injuries. He fell 30 feet onto a concrete floor. Ooh, wow! Died from uh, massive head trauma. Was was there a was there an, <clears throat> an issue with the stunt? Did he miss like a pad? Did I'm he... not entirely sure. I don't know. I don't know exactly. I, I don't think they released a ton of details about how the stunt went wrong or anything. Or, or at least I haven't seen any. But uh, that's just, I mean, yeah, like a three-story building onto a concrete floor. Obviously, that's not going to be any good. But he's yeah. he's got a very he's 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 been in the in the industry for about ten years. Um, he was in Jonah Hex, Dylan Dog, Green Lantern, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, Looper. This is the end. Old Boy. It goes on yeah, and on and yeah, on. Yeah. He's just done a ton of stunt work. Very accomplished stunt man. And uh, just goes to show, even under the best circumstances, things go wrong sometimes. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It, and it's it's God. It sucks. Oh, and actually, he he isn't. He was in the upcom- upcoming Rampage movie as well. Ooh, so two people and, from and Black Panther. Wow, so two people from that Rampage set though. Yeah, Jesus, crazy. Um, so <sighs> raise him up one more time. All right, we got one more. Yeah, and then we'll this uh, one. Uh, this one just happened today, actually. We're recording this on Thursday, and this one just happened today. Yeah. By now, everybody probably knows about it. Yep. Um, Chester Bennington, uh, lead singer of Linkin Park, mm-hmm. took his own life this morning. Yeah, crazy. Uh, by hanging, again, which is 
It's weird too. Like Man. he was he was really. I mean, because everybody knows Chris Cornell passed away a yep. few weeks ago. Also hung himself. Yep. And Chester Bennington was like really good friends with. I actually with didn't Chris know that. Cornell. I um I was listening to the radio today and they were talking about uh, they're talking about him. They they they're playing Lincoln Park all day. Yeah. I I love Lincoln Park. Uh, I know it's not a popular thing to say nowadays, <laughs> especially in in my my, well, my musical circle. Well, dear, uh, I, Lincoln yeah. Park though was was one of the bands that got me into liking music to begin with. Right. When I, I got my ears pierced, literally because Chester Bennington wore upside down horseshoes. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That's and I wore those for years. Yeah. Like like I loved Lincoln Park. Hybrid Theory uh, was great, but Meteora was like damn that record was good it's mm-hmm. still good i don't even care what anybody says like they they put out they their last their every single one of the records are good like mm-hmm. even their like latest ones they yeah, put out uh, their, their i think it was their last record they it's funny they put out a, a double disc one was the regular record and the other the other disc was all a cappella really it was just the vocal takes really of mike mike schnoda the other the the rapper slash singer right uh, and chester bennington it was just their interesting yeah and it, it, it was really cool i've never seen a band do that before but yeah, it's, it cool. was fascinating to listen to it's really really cool um so yeah this just this sucks and i was listening to the radio today and i didn't realize how close those two were yeah um and uh he actually gave a eulogy at chris cornell's funeral today, really and today is chris cornell's birthday yeah Weird. You put all those things together, coupled with the fact that Chester Bennington has talked in the past about his own struggle with drugs and alcohol and depression well, and all, suicide. I think, I think and he was also that. molested as a young boy yes. by a, another I, man. I had so. heard that before as well. Um, so there's like lots of factors, and I, 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 you <clears> have to wonder if just the weight of the day, yeah. and and you know, did he take something like same as Chris Cornell? I don't or maybe know, put man. him in a mood. Like I, I can't imagine. Nobody he knows. Was, I can't imagine point. he was in his really in his right mind. He had a wife and six children. Like I can't between I, between two eyes. Yeah, yeah like I, I can't I can't imagine anybody in their completely right mind would ever leave behind a wife and six children like that. Yeah, I, 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 something must have been going on. De- it's really de- heavy. Depression's a hell of a thing too. Yeah, it's you know, uh, um, yeah I, it's it's. Yeah, and it's crazy. That sucks. Uh, yeah. so Chester Bennington uh, gone incredibly too soon. Forty-one years old. He was also in Saw 3D. He was. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's your horror link right there. Right. Um, so. He also sang for Stone Temple Pilots. Oh yes, yeah, that's did. right. Yeah. For for a short while. Wasn't Jeez. the greatest record. <laughs> Not to spill Eek of the Dead. Come on, spill the Dead. All right. But um. Well, uh, raise him up yeah. one more time, boys. Yeah. That's jeez. Uh, We're gonna be drunk by the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we're done talking about people passing away and we can get past the uh, sure. the sad stuff, uh, I opened another beer. It's uh, Thai-style iced tea. Oh, ale- that was the iced tea one. Yeah, ale brewed with... L- <laughs> ale, <What? laughs> ale brewed with lactose. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, uh, shit. 12 fucking years, James. I haven't had lactose in 12 fucking years. You just broke my streak. <laughs> Hey guys, uh, yeah, take this. I'm gonna pour this beer in here, and you take a sip of it. Yeah, drink it, and then I'm gonna tell you that this got stuff in there. Uh, no, I read all the things beforehand, and everything's all good, man. What? Twelve years. I didn't say that I read everything. You said that you were gonna read everything. Uh, we are fighting. <sighs> we just ruined. Well, we just ruined Jay's life. Now I gotta start all over. He here. just lost all of his cred. Here's to day one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it. it it's sometimes things happen and I forgive you. Well, 
It, it was a very oh. since we're we're drinking literally a sip of beer each. It, it, I probably won't get sick from it, but well, also also the sixth death of the night is Justin's veganism. Yeah. <laughs> In case you don't know what we're talking about, Justin is a vegan and has been for twelve years and just drank beer with lactose in it. Yeah, I feel like I, an asshole. I make I make it was a small amount. I may get a little probably get a little stomach issue, but I think it's more like the it. idea, like the principle. Yeah, in that little bit of a sip, it's probably so spread out, your body might not even honestly pick it up. Because oh, who possible. knows how that's much possible. is even in there, you know? Jeez. Ah, All right. Well, well, it happens and I forgive you. Hey, thanks, to Jay. new beginnings. To new beginnings. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck Sierra Nevada. Thai-style iced tea, ale brewed with lactose, orange peel, black tea, tamarind, and star anise, anise. Uh, there's anus. There's anus in it. <laughs> Denmark's McKellar Brewery is famous for pushing the boundaries of beers. So when we decided to partner, we knew the result would be a wild ride. <laughs> this beer was inspired by flavors of a classic Thai iced tea. It's sweet and rich with warming spice notes and delicate fruit flavors that maintain a drinkability from the use of black tea in the finish. Twelve fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Uh, all right, I'm going to bring this back around. Let's get this train back on track here. Um, there was a lot of trailers that got dropped this week. Mm-hmm. We don't typically do like a trailer segment, but I kind of feel like we need to. Um, dude, dudes. The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. It's the new Guillermo del Toro movie that just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. So excited. <laughs> Why? So looks good. Dude, it's a fucking Hellboy sequel. Or prequel, rather. Prequel. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't say it like outwardly, but let's be honest. It's fucking Abe Sapien, and it's his. It's his origin story essentially. Mm-hmm. It has to be right. Well, it looks like it. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, it's a movie called The Shape of Water. The trailer dropped today, or uh, or, or a couple days ago, and it's 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 about this. Have you seen Hellboy? If you know what Abe Sapien is, it's like this fish type creature from the Black Lagoon looking fish man. And he eats eggs, and he loves classical music, and it's like all of the the points of Abe Sapien. It's, it's that character, and the fact that we just got Del Toro talking about Hellboy three a couple months ago just to get squashed makes me wonder if that was sort of a ploy to get people talking about Hellboy again. It makes me wonder. Yeah, but I'm, you know, because it, because that reboot has to have been in production for in pre-pro for a little are, while. Are people really going to be as excited about? I mean, like people will be excited about this movie, but are they going to be ex- as excited for this as they will be for a Hellboy movie? I mean, if it's all they're going to get, yeah, yeah, I, I guess. think so. And it's Del Toro. You think he's going to fuck it up? No, no, it'll be just as good. No, as, it looks, it'll be just as good as getting a third Hellboy movie. No, it looks really good. And this is how he completes his trilogy. <laughs> That's true. Think of it that way. Yeah. Um, so we also got a trailer for Jigsaw. Finally, we've been waiting on this one for a while. Mm-hmm. It looks awesome. I think it looks like classic, classic Saw. I was kind of. I mean, it, I'm I'm in no matter what because mm-hmm. it's it's a Saw movie. And like we said last week, Saw was kind of the the franchise that we grew up with. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the franchise that we consistently went to the theaters to see. So I'm in no matter what, but. I I don't know like the <laughs> I I really like the original saw for like kind of kind of how uh, thrifty Jigsaw was yeah like he used he used what he had at his disposal to to create these traps and stuff like that 
as the Saw movies went on, I'm not complaining about this, but as the Saw movies went on, it got more and more ridiculous Elabor- with like, like the size of the everything. traps and yeah. stuff. It's like he had to he had to like buy entire plots of land and entire warehouses to like make his traps. And it's uh, and this is it's kind of along the yeah, same lines. I would say that this trailer looks more akin to the later sequels, as far as quality goes. Yeah, but I like those still. Yeah, people, I, no, some people I, like didn't. I said, I'm um, not. Like I said, I'm not complaining the, about it at all. The movie is called Jigsaw. I still think that it should have been called because the last one, the last Saw movie was Saw. Saw 3D. Yeah. Which 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 number was that though? Seven. Seven. This one should have been called Saw Eight. The jig is up. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. <laughs> um, we also got a teaser trailer, the first one for Pacific Rim Uprising. Um, I didn't see this. Now one. this one doesn't actually. It's weird because it doesn't. It's just a teaser and it doesn't actually show any of the footage from the movie but what it is rather it's like a um it's almost like a uh recruitment video for the army mm-hmm. and it shows like you know getting your uh, uh oh god why can't i think of what they call the machines uh jaegers get you know get, oh, become yeah. a jaeger driver today like it's one of those kind of things and it's like a this really huge full of energy teaser for this and that like, it was really cool yeah kind of gets you pumped up from the new uh pacific room movie is uh charlie hunnam com- coming back for it i i don't know I don't, I don't want to say yes Oh, no. you said they didn't really show any footage no, from the did. movie at all. No, they did So, okay. so I, I don't... I'm sure you can find out easily, but it's not in front of me. Right on. Uh, we also finally got a trailer for Leatherface. Yeah. So tell me what you thought of that. Uh, I, I've only watched it once, and I said uh, we're part of a, a horror group on uh, Facebook mm-hmm. called Do You Love Horror? And uh, I, I, I watched it once, and then I said to... I think it was... might have been Kyle Laugh from the mm-hmm. Laughing Podcast that posted it. I'm not sure about that, but uh, I said I I think I have to watch it a couple more times to really get a good feel for it. But like my first my first viewing of it, like literally left me up in the air. I was like, really? I don't know what to think about this. See, I loved it. I, I I thought that it looked it looked like a good combination between the remake and the original. That's what it looked like to me. It kind of fell somewhere in the middle. It had that and the greeniness and that kind of sepia tones to it. Like yeah. it, it, it had that feel to it. Right. That's very, very promising. Yeah. Um, I'm still not. I'm still up in the air on the story about him being like this escaped mental patient. Like it seems very cliche. That being said, if the movie comes together right, mm-hmm. I'll be okay with it. Yeah. It's just that that part of it remains to be seen. But I think the look of the film is is pretty spot on. I kind of hope that they don't dwell too much on the uh, like the like the the story of his beginning. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't need to see him as a kid for too long. Well, I think that's exactly what it is. Well, well okay, like, I go like, I go, like, like like Rob Zombie's Halloween. Like it was it was cool to see kind of where Michael Myers came from, but I th- I think that they could have gotten to yeah. the future a little faster. So you want you want the first act to go by fast is what you're saying? Sort of, yeah. Yeah, like, like get, to, get to Leatherface. Like the show, movie's called show him as a kid, show why he's fucked up, and then get. And then get to the get to the leather face that we like and love, you know. I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. Um, I'm excited for it though. Jay, did you just go throw up? Just <laughs> plotting my revenge death towards James. Uh, um, okay, so outside of trailers, there's been a little bit of other news, mm-hmm. um, and that is there is a Venom movie coming out. Uh, next year, I think it is. Next year, 2019, one of the two. Uh, however, uh, they're talking about how this movie is going to draw huge inspiration from John Carpenter and David Cronenberg. That's cool. And that is very exciting to me. I want this movie to be dark and gross and 
and spawn. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, it's one of those things too, though, where it's like, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Yeah. They can talk all they want about what they think it's going to look like until we actually see John Carpenter and, and who? And David Cronenberg. Oh, right on. Um, I could see that. Like, especially like a, you know, like Cronenberg, uh, Nightbreed. Yeah. Like, like that kind like of feel tone. to it. Sure, yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I hope they, I hope that they actually bring on people that can pull it off. You know, saying they're going to do it and actually doing it are two very different things. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, with, with, you know, get Tom Hardy, uh, Carnage is going to be in it. Now they're talking about Carpenter and Cronenberg influences. Like, this is all kind of stacking up to be a good, uh, you know, a good Tetris pile. All you need is one long, long piece. Just that one clear, long piece clear, that, that, that gives you all the that points. Never fucking comes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about it. Uh, speaking of Nightbreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you have a couple of Blu-ray releases you want to talk about, but speaking of uh, Nightbreed, we're finally getting the Cabal cut. Oh, cool! Do you know Do you know what the Cabal cut is? You've told me about it before. So it's basically the the longest, most extended cut that exists. Uh, Sh- uh, Scream Factory released uh, the director's cut of it a little while back. Uh, so you have the theatrical version and the director's cut that was very different, added a lot of story to it. Mm-hmm. The Cabal cut has, I think, 15 extra minutes, though, of other footage. Wow, really? From uh, from the work print. I think that's what it was, was the original work print cut. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to finally be released for the first time. Cool. So uh, pretty excited about that. Yeah, awesome. Um, also in Blu-ray releases, uh, German company NSM Records has released a previously unreleased, uncut version of Ghoulies 2 on Blu-ray. Um, it apparently has a, a longer shot of Philip Harden getting his ass eaten on the toilet, <laughs> as well as all the uncut scenes reinserted. Um, the limited limited edition Blu-ray will include, include the following special features. 16-page booklet, Under a Magic Moon, <coughs> interviewing with de- interview with Dennis Paoli, Introduction by Dennis Paoli, deleted scenes, original trailer for Ghoulies and Ghoulies 2, uh, German trailer, and filmographies, as well as a music video. I don't know what that means. Um, but it's a music video. It's a video that is put to music. With music? <laughs> with, what a concept. With, with music? I know we're very far removed from the heyday of MTV, but... <laughs> also on August 29th, the King of Horror Blu-ray, uh, Blu-ray pack is out, um... This is essentially a, a four-film collection uh, by Stephen King, Stephen King Films. Uh, it's Salem's Lot, The Shining, Stephen King's Cat's Eye, and Stephen King's It. Um, it will have, I, I'm, there's like a laundry list of stuff here. It's, it's going to have commentary um, for both Salem's Lot and The Shining. Biographer John Baxter is uh, doing a making-of docu- documentary with optional commentary. Three featurettes. Uh yeah, basically every single movie will have commentary Just by the director stuff, yep. and tons and tons of stuff to go along Very with. Cool. It. So yeah, Very cool. Sounds pretty awesome. Um, yeah, oh, actually, else? well, there's a uh, there's a ton more here. Oh, also the uh, there's some more details about that uh, thing 4K release. Uh, 4K. Oh, the Arrow release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That turned <clears> out that's Arrow's biggest release. Is it really? Yeah, it, it's their highest grossing release. That's pretty crazy. Wait, the, I, we we thought it was gonna fall flat because Scream Factory just put theirs out, so there might not have been as the the demand for it. Is this no? It's not out yet. No, it's not. But the pre-orders. Oh, the pre-orders. Okay. Yeah, it's it supposed like from what I was reading before, it was it kind of smashed all of their previous records. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, well, I I'm it is the, it is the thing after I, all. Yeah, it's but, the thing, and it's 4K. Like for some reason, people 
think that they need a 4K release, even though nobody has a 4K TV. Yeah. Uh, that's going to have audio commentary by John Carpenter and Kurt Russell. <laughs> Uh, Who Goes There in Search of the Thing, an all-new feature-length documentary produced by Ballyhoo Motion Pictures exploring the history of the thing from the original novella to the John Carpenter's terrifying science fiction classic. Uh, and a ton of other stuff. Outtakes, behind-the-scenes, trailers, teasers, still galleries. That's, you know, out, that's out October 23rd. I don't own the Scream Factory one, so I wonder if I should pick this one up. Probably. Might not, not be a bad, bad idea. idea. For that 2K TV that I have. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last thing that I want to bring up, uh, we can just talk about this really quickly, is uh, there's been this long-standing story about Poltergeist. And who really directed Poltergeist? Was it Toby Hooper, as is credited, mm-hmm. or was it Steven Spielberg, who is credited as being a producer? Uh, we finally have an answer to that. Uh, it, it was Yahoo. It was Yahoo serious. Yes. <laughs> um, it's or at least until one of them comes out and actually confirms it, it's the closest that we're ever going to get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a guy that was on uh, on set. He was um, uh, his name is uh, it was is the cinematographer of Poltergeist, a guy named Matt Leonetti. Mm-hmm. His brother John Leonetti just directed a movie called Wish Upon. Oh yeah. Um, so he was promoting that movie and he was talking about stuff, and the and Poltergeist got brought up, and he basically let it slip out that Steven Spielberg absolutely directed that movie, and the reason that there was like this like cover up slash whatever is because at the time when that movie was being made, there was a pending director strike, and being that this movie was really far into you know production and all that stuff or pre production. They didn't want the director's strike to obstruct the movie getting made. Mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg would have been in that in that strike. So they had, they had. Um, uh, Why would Toby Hooper not? Because he probably wasn't part of that that guild. Oh, he might not have been part of the directors' guild. Okay, he could have been a part of. There's Canadian directors' guilds. There's you mean some people just aren't a part of it. Mm-hmm. I know there's there's rules who can do what. Sure, but yeah. He wasn't a part of it though. And so, so he basically, was just, he was just a front sort of. Toby Hooper, yeah, basically was credited as directing it, just in case the strike happened, they wouldn't have to shut the movie down. Right on. So he was kind of a front, like you said, mm-hmm. and they he had some input. It's you know you know he did talk to Spielberg and this and that, but by and large Spielberg directed. Well, it's probably movie. just a great learning experience for yeah. him too, to to like sit there and 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 kind of be in the not really the director's chair but be alongside steven spielberg as he was directing it yep allegedly zelda rubenstein also said that when she was on set for a couple days (laughs) shooting her parts spielberg directed everything Mm -hmm. when she was there um so yeah so it was you know it's one of the things that kind of happened until one of them comes out and confirms it this will be probably the best that we ever the best answer that we'll ever get um so that's pretty cool pretty cool and i guess it was always supposed to be a spielberg movie yeah it was like from the get-go. It was right. supposed to be it, and then, and then it changed. So, Right on. All right, that was a long news segment. Yep. That was the bleed feed. And those are the stories that made the cut. Boom, that was the news. Blah! Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right, we're back, and we are drinking a new beer. James, what are we drinking? 
Uh, this is a uh, uh, beer camp milk and goat stout, um, brewed with milk and goat. Uh, Justin, you want to take a little sip? <laughs> and, oh, and thank you for telling me prior this time around, asshole. What are we really drinking? Damn it! Uh, this I, is, I need some good alcohol to wash down the bullshit. <laughs> this is ginger lager. Dude, that legitimately tastes like goat. That's crazy. How <laughs> <laughs> about a goat, motherfucker? How <laughs> about a goat? This is, actually, this is actually brewed with the goat from Baskin. Oh, yeah. yeah it so, went to good use. Mm -hmm. It went to good use. This is ginger lager. Lager brewed with ginger, go figure, and cayenne fermented on oak. Not in oak, it's fermented on oak. Do Ooh. they just kind of like... They smoke their beer? Like they just barbecue? like spread it onto oak. <laughs> That's and... a good tree right there. Shut this down <laughs> on there and leave it for a couple years. <laughs> this is from Surly Brewing. This is a collaboration with Surly Brewing Company. The abrasive attitude of Minnesota's Surly Brewing Company brings an aggressive yet refined approach to creating recipes. We came together to create this easy drinking but complex ginger infused lager. It's brewed with hot ginger, hot ginger, and a pinch of cayenne. Who doesn't like a good hot ginger? <laughs> to spice up the heat and then dry hopped with an inclusion of oak for a touch of woody vanilla <laughs> to round out the flavor. Everybody drink up. Is it going to be spicy? I don't know. I'm drinking my sorrows away right now. Oh, shit. That's good. Mm -hmm. There's a spice to it. I got it in the back of your throat. Right in the back. It just kind of pokes the back of your throat a little bit. And it just burns. It's like just, chlamydia. You <laughs> just, let, just let it slide down. <laughs> All right. So, um, guys, we're talking about camping movies. Mm-hmm. Like, you go to camp. Not camping. Camp. Camp. Summer camp. Right. Like, you go to camp, you do some water sports, and then you die. <laughs> that sounds pretty typical of a, of a summer camp experience. Yeah. Do, uh, do you know anybody that like the the whole like Has summer ever done water sports? summer summer camp some like well, well I know I know Mike watches a lot of water sports on I uh, love skiing on pornhub.com yeah, they just ski across the the snowy peaks um, <laughs> no do you guys know like I I think the I think the summer camp thing kind of died out by the time we were kids right. I mean, uh, I'm talking about going, camp. did you, like, for yeah. the whole summer? Uh, no, no, not the whole summer. It was a week and a half. Because the way it's depicted in these movies, it's, like, the entire summer. And yeah. I know that there were summer camps like that back in the day, but I don't think a lot of people yeah, do that no, kind of stuff anymore. I went for a school. It was, it was a school summer, oh, okay. summer thing that you do. And the uh, and, and the counselors are with the older kids. Like, you could be a senior. I remember I actually could have been a camp counselor. Yeah. Uh, it's for the middle school kids. They right. would go up to high school or, like, seniors would be their counselors or whatever. Um, I should have done that. I don't know why I didn't. But um, I also did a lot of camping with Boy Scouts. Not that kind of camping. <laughs> All right. What? What are you? What are you referring to, Michael? Nothing. Um, <laughs> so I, I used to go to camp a lot, though. But I do very specifically remember my uh, middle school camp, though. Yeah. I, and doing a lot of the same things that these kids do in these movies. You know, mine was in the '90s. This was in the '80s. Not that much really changed. I went to band camp. That's mm -hmm. pretty much the, the closest. I, it was there was a lot less sex and a lot more um, not having sex. A lot less know. sex <laughs> and a lot more sex. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And not nut sex either. <laughs> Talking saxophone, baby. There were Are you? <laughs> there were a few people that got fingered in the woods, but. The, me, trump, the trumpets finger there. Me, me, namely. You got fingered? I got fingered. <laughs> and that's pretty much We're, me, too. Not the fingered part, but the, the the band camp for I was in the drum lines. So for, you, you uh, never went to any other kind of summer camp? No, we, camp did, so we did sixth grade camp where we went away uh, for the that's, week. Yeah, that's we it. did, yeah, that's we did that. That's what I'm talking about. That's oh. what I'm talking about. Oh, well, I did Middle that. school. 
Yeah. Trick camp. Well, that was elementary. Oh, you said it was from through school, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then we all did that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as cool as this kind of summer camp. No, but it's very similar, though. It's very similar. So the first movie we're talking about is Sleepaway Camp from 1980. What? 1983. 1983. Directed by Robert Hiltzik. You know what else he directed? What? Return to Sleepaway Camp. Oh, well, and that's it. (laughs) Was that the one that was in the 2000s? Yes. That was 2003. That was the four and a half. Oh, geez. Which no. we'll, get, we'll get to the reason why it's the half. Okay. But. Um, Angela Baker, a traumatized and very shy young girl, is sent to summer camp with her cousin. Shortly after her arrival, anyone with sinister or less than honorable intentions gets their comeuppance. Yeah. It's pretty much anybody who is a dick to her. Basically everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, uh, this fucking movie, guys. Um, <clears throat> there, are, there are very few movies that have left a lasting impression on me. Um, Dude, this was when I think of movies that legitimately stuck with me for days. Mm-hmm. This movie was, I think, the first one to ever do it to me. And I watched this movie not knowing what it was. I remember I bought this is when I first started getting into horror movies. I first started liking <clears throat> Dawn of the Dead and Evil Dead and like you know stuff like that. You know the the mainstays. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was at uh, Best Buy, and they had the. Sleepaway Camp Survival Kit, which was the trilogy box set that had all three movies. Was plus it the, was it the one that looked like a the medicine kit, a first aid, a first kit? aid kit? Yep. They had to. They it had was to... it was fifteen dollars. I remember it specifically. It was so cheap for yeah. a box set, and I go, oh, it's a horror movie, and it's really cheap. I'm gonna buy it. Like I didn't know <laughs> anything about this movie whatsoever, it's... which was the best and worst way to watch it. Do you know if that? Well, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Do you know if that's worth money? That that first aid kit. Well, I know it... that it was recalled. Right, because recalled, uh, not recalled. Reca- it was recalled because <laughs> uh, the American Red Cross actually took like, yeah. major issue with it looking like a first aid kit. Right, it's really not. I mean, it's really not that expensive in the scheme of things. I have looked it up in the past just to see if what I have is worth anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can find it like thirty five bucks nowadays. Oh, right and on. It's not that <clears throat> crazy expensive, but um, yeah. This so first off, it's it's a slasher movie through and through. You know, it, it's a whodunit slasher movie. You don't know who the killer is till the very end. You know, they, all mean, the all the different redirects and this and that, you know. I mean, don't you, though? Well, <laughs> sure. They they tried to hide it, I they guess. They tried to hide it, but it's pretty obvious throughout the... In, except for in one scene where... Uh, um, because it, it, it could basically be one of two people. Yeah. You think it's one of two people. Pretty but much. there's there's one scene where uh, you see kind of the silhouette of the person, but you can actually see their face. And... I, I don't know how much I want to give away here. Let's this, put, this movie's from 1983, so yeah, it's, we could probably want, give some of it away. I want to talk about the ending, so let's just say right let, right now, let's just say, if you've not seen this movie before, fast forward. Yeah. I don't know how you're going to know when we're done, but Whatever. fast forward. <laughs> if you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp, we're about to give away a bunch of spoilers, yeah. so just, just yeah. be prepared. Um, so one of the things that I, I guess what I was getting at... Uh, Throughout the movie, there's there's a boy and there's a girl. It could either be one of the two of them who are the killer, mm-hmm. uh, basically. And every time you see the hands of the killer, they look... I mean, it's it's two young kids, so a, a young boy's hands could look girlish and vice versa. Sure. But it kind of looks like boy's hands. Now, they actually had the boy who played uh, Ricky. His mm-hmm. name is Jonathan Tiersten. And the girl who played Angela, her name is Felissa, Felissa Rose. Rose. Felissa Rose's very first uh, role. 
very first role. Yep. They actually had Jonathan Tiersten play the hands of the killer mm-hmm. uh, for several <coughs> reasons to kind of mislead the audience and also because Felissa Rose's mother didn't want her to be the killer on screen. Mm-hmm. But there's actually a, there's a there's a scene right before this one character like kind of the kind of the camp like mega bitch Judy. Uh, she sees uh, Angela standing in the doorway, but it looks a lot like Ricky. And it's because it actually was Ricky standing mm-hmm. there, uh, Jonathan Tiersten. But I always kind of wondered when I saw that scene, it's like you're looking at it and you can see light on his face and it's clearly him. So did they do that to kind of like misdirect you? Yeah, I think so. Because they didn't actually show him killing anybody or anything like that. So I think it's to misdirect you into thinking that, oh, that's him. You know? Right. Yeah, I think that's exactly what that was. Which, um, that's, which that scene was, that kill's kind of fucked up. A lot, yeah. The the the, the, curling, the curling iron. iron. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. For a bunch of kids, that's does, pretty dark. It does. <laughs> it doesn't show it, but the girl basically gets like penetrated with a hot curling iron and uh, and that and strangled it, strangled and suffocated at the same time. Yeah, it's, it's pretty it's, fucked up. I mean, <laughs> boys will be boys. <laughs> <laughs> well, girls will be girls, I guess. Um. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I can't. Th- I cannot think about this movie without the, the the last image burned burned into my brain. Well, do you want to talk about that right now? Do you want to just to get it out of the way? Uh, no, let's wait let's until wait. we get okay. to the yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so, so basically, basically, you have uh, Felissa Rose, uh, her character Angela. She's very shy. She's very quiet. You almost think she's mute at first. Uh, almost, kind of. Uh, when she first talks, you're like, oh, well, I'll be damned. She does talk. She's got a cute little voice. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and she's just kind of this like sweet, shy little mm-hmm. little girl, and and she seems really nice and everything. Um, there's a there's an intro to this movie that kind of sets it up to where you you see a father and his two children on a boat. Their boat capsizes. They get hit by another boat. The dad dies and one of the children die. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just assumed and suggested that the, the little boy dies. That the little girl. Wait. Little boy. Yeah, dies. the little boy dies. Yeah. Right. Um, and so and so because they died because they died the little girl now went to live with an aunt. Let's talk about this aunt. Oh dude, she's the creepiest part of the entire movie. I understand the idea behind her being just fucking looney tunes. Yeah. Like completely crazy. Mm-hmm. That being said, I don't understand the idea of them making her as weird as they did. Like, I don't know, it's so over the top, and it's jarring how over the top it is. I think it's just to get the point across that she's just out of her freaking mind. Just completely mentally unstable. Yeah, because she'll, she'll be like, she talks to, she'll answer her own questions. Mm-hmm. She'll be like, uh, like, what are the, I'm, I'm trying to think, um, oh, uh, c- come on, children, you're going to be late for your ride. And then she, and then she kind of like puts her finger on her chin and she goes, Yes, that would be bad if they were late for their ride. That just won't do. That just won't do. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, I put a string around my finger. <laughs> like, and she's so over the top. Yeah. She's, uh, it's it's so weird. I, like I said, I think she's honestly the creep. Well, aside from the end, yeah, she's the creepiest part of the entire I movie. I completely agree. <laughs> um, yeah, so you have uh, 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 you're talking about um, Judy, the the main bitch of the camp. She's she's <laughs> main bitch. Main bitch. Uh, she's <laughs> the one that's constantly tormenting Angela, you know, and, and giving her shit, and uh, is jealous of her. <clears throat> she's actually sort of jealous of her for because one 
because she's getting attention for whatever reason. I don't well, know. You get the sense that Judy is used to having the attention from all the guys. Yeah. And there's one guy in particular who she doesn't even care about, but because he's giving attention to Angela, mm-hmm. she doesn't like it. So mm-hmm. she tries to take that attention away from Angela. And Angela's cousin, who is with her at the camp, dated Judy the year previous. Yeah, but now she came back to camp and she's blossomed. Yes. She's, uh, you know, looking looking snappy and everybody's really into her and now she's too good for everybody's Ricky. calling her jugs judy now <laughs> that's that's what everybody calls my mom <laughs> uh but yeah between between her though and there's some older kid older boys that they're constantly picking on her the cousin is really really like uh, uh protective uh, protective yeah. of her um which is you know good cousin yeah good absolutely cousin, right he's, he's a good stand-up dude right that's what he's that kid i love i love that kid he's such a smart ass Mm-hmm. He's just got the filthiest mouth. I was like, this kid must have had the best time shooting this movie because he oh, got yeah. to just talk like a sailor the entire time. I'm, I'm happy you brought that up, though, because that's very realistic of how kids talk to camp. Oh, though. yeah. When I was a kid, dude, my, my mouth had no filter. Yeah, like, that's, that's what I love. You see a lot of these camp movies with little kids, and they're all like, oh, well, gee golly willikers. <laughs> like, yeah. One of, my, one of my favorite parts. I mean, anything when, out of the '50s isn't that, but you know. <laughs> one of my favorite parts is when they're like regarding him being a smartass. They're, they they have a, a softball game going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's playing third base, and this guy who obviously him and him and Ricky don't get along. Uh, he comes up to the plate and he he looks at the pitcher and he's like, "No problem, Gino. This guy blows dead dogs. Just lay it in there." And the guy at bat goes, "Eat shit and die, Ricky." And then Ricky just goes, "Eat shit and live, Bill." <laughs> I was like. What a what an amazing comeback! That was fucking awesome. Yep, yep. So good. Plus, he like he. I I, I have to imagine in real life the kid just had a filthy mouth because he did it so well. It just rolled he, off it, his yeah, tongue yeah. so easily. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, it was that was definitely one of the more realistic parts of the movie. Though, like I said, was was just listen to how the, the, the banter between the kids was like legitimately real. Well, that I know yeah. that and another movie. That's that's kind of like how how a lot of '80s movies were. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of '80s slasher movies, they had like really sort of realistic, uh, realistic banter, and there there would be scenes where like a lot of people would all be talking at the same time. Yeah, and maybe the main conversation would be a little higher in the mix, but like you don't see that very much anymore. It's always like whoever's talking on screen, those two people are talking, and that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. We 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 need to talk. We need to talk about. Let's talk. Um, I can't think of the guy's name. The cook. Oh, uh, Robert Earl Jones. No, not Ben. Rob, not okay. Okay. Oh. Uh, well, okay. We'll, we'll get the other guy. We'll get the other guy in a minute. So there's a guy. There's, there's two cooks. There's well. There's the main cook and there's like the assistant cook. Was his name Artie? Yes. Yeah. The assistant cook was played by a guy named Robert Earl Jones. And if that name sounds familiar, it should. Well, at least the Earl Jones part, because this is the father of James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. And he sounds exactly like, like him. He sounds and looks that exactly like him. super dark... Well, James is a bit bigger. But, well, yeah. Uh, that super booming, like, just dark, full... Just that rich, silky, sexy... We baritone, have the meats. Baritone <laughs> voice. Yeah, like... like it, and uh, I remember looking at it, like, he sounds like him, and he's got the Earl Jones, and that sounds like it could be, like, a family name. Like, mm-hmm. like I wonder if it is. I looked it up, and sure as shit, he was his father. Yeah. Who was a very well-respected thespian in his own right right um like like he is uh, top honors in a lot of um uh like uh, acting um awards acting. yeah I don't, I don't i don't know what the awards are but i was i was reading about him like he's he's well known though and he's you're so eloquent sometimes know, right? you know that right uh he's he's well known he's very well respected though in the acting community 
Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool, though, that you kind of have, like, father of royalty and this little shitty B-horror flick. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Which, you know, I you brought something up, and I, I, I didn't really see it. Like, you, you, you said that uh, it seemed like... What was the? I could. I thought Mel the way was... the writing, the way that the writing was, is that the yeah Mel, the leader of the camp, had. The, I thought there was like this kind of like a weird like, like racist undertone to to the whole thing because the yeah. way it's the way that Mel talked to him. I didn't pick that like up at all. He didn't respect him at well, all. I think I, I think he was just trying to be like oh because this horrible accent like accidents keep happening all over the camp but it all kind of starts with this one cook Artie who we'll talk about in a second and uh Artie. and um after his accident uh Mel wants Ben to take over as head cook but he also wants him to not really tell the children what happened to Artie so he kind of pulls him aside and says like he's just, I, I think he's just being like friendly but also manipulative you know what I mean yeah maybe not really, not really friendly, just manipulative. Like, he's being really nice to him just so that he, he's saying, like, oh, I'm going to give you I an extra too, $50 a week, and I'm going to give your boys here an extra $15 a week. I and, think, too, though, a lot of times you watch a lot of these old ladies' movies, and they're not the most politically correct movies all oh, the time. dude, you no know? way. So, I think when you a, watch a lot it... Of the, a lot of the uh, like the, the sexual stuff that yeah. happens oh in these movies would God. never Which fly we'll nowadays. get there in a minute. Yeah. Oh, my Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so, okay, yeah, so let's, let's move on to fucking Artie. The fat piece of shit cook, pedophile motherfucker. Pedo. Oh my god! I'm just gonna read you a line. So let me set the it's scene. It's probably the same line let that me, I wrote down. Let me set the scene here for a moment, okay? <laughs> All the kids are getting off the school bus. Yeah, it's the same line they're I wrote. They're running. <laughs> they're running into camp, and then you have fucking Artie talking to his chef guys, and he goes, "Look at all that young fresh chicken." Where I come from, we call them baldies. Makes your mouth <laughs> makes your mouth water, don't it? It's like, oh you my sick God. fuck. And then Ben goes, Artie, they're too young. They're they're too young to even understand what's on your mind. Artie goes, Ain't no such thing as being too young. You're just too old. Like, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> but Why? but they but they did exactly what they needed to do. They made you hate Artie's fucking guts. Yes, they did. Because you Later, what happens to him? You're just kind of like, yeah, take it, take that, Artie. You fucking. I left all that quote on IMDb because I wanted to read it, so I didn't get it wrong. Yeah. But that quote <laughs> is under fun stuff. <laughs> fun. <laughs> this was fun. <laughs> no. uh, so, so basically, uh, and actually, let's just get to our favorite parts of the movie because Artie's. Uh, it's not really his death because. Unfortunately for him, he doesn't die. Yeah. Uh, it's probably my favorite part of the whole movie, aside from the end, because the end will just mess it'll, you up for life but yeah. uh so Artie, this pedo chef he he corners angela in the the walk-in cooler at one point in time because she's not eating anything she's not talking to anybody so <laughs> the muscle bound <laughs> there's like there's this camp counselor who is just jacked uh -huh. I, and he's and he's like he's got shorts like way too short uh, are they way too short are they <laughs> just short enough and <laughs> and he's like he's like well maybe Artie can find you something to eat so he's like hey he takes her back hey Artie this is Angela why don't you find her something to eat find her some ice cream or something so he takes her into the walk-in cooler and then he's about to like you know he's walk he's, he's, he's about to walk into Angela's he, cooler he's advancing <laughs> on her to put yeah. it to put it nicely but I, he's yeah he's trying to do some I, shady I shit with nicely. her and uh 
and and Ricky comes in just then, gets her out of there. Yeah. So then later, uh, they're just they're... and he walks out of the cooler like undoing, putting his belt back on. Yeah. Like, why are you kidding me? Yeah, I guess I scared her away. Ugh. So <laughs> later, they're boiling this like comically oversized pot of water. Mm-hmm. It's literally like six feet tall to to boil a bunch of corn and. And he gets up on the chair to like salt the water or something, and then you see the hands of the killer come in and start to pull the chair away. And he's mm-hmm. like, "No, what are you doing?" And he kind of has his arms braced up on a shelf, and then finally they pull the chair out, and he does he the falls. worst possible thing. <laughs> and as he's falling, he grabs this comically oversized pot of water and pulls it down on himself, mm-hmm. and the whole thing empties onto his body, and he Just boils skulls. alive. Yep. yep. And that's. Oh man, it's like it's a great scene. Some practical effect. Like you see his face, like and it's so it's so horrific too because he's just screaming and screaming and screaming the whole time. But there's a close up of his face, and you see all these open wounds on his face, pulsing. Yeah, and all these all the blisters on his face start to like open and pulsate Mm -hmm. and stuff. I read Mm -hmm. that they actually they had like tubes running back behind it, and they started pumping gelatin through it. That's so that the the blisters would pulsate. Man, old school God. effects were so cool. Yes, I love practical <laughs> effects. It's like just like the the inventiveness, you know, is like it's 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 a dying art kind of, and mm-hmm. it's something that should not die because it's it's so awesome. I agree. Uh, I did agree. you have a favorite part of the movie? Well, we're gonna wrap this up because my favorite part of the movie is the ending. Like, yeah, like, because this <laughs> this is the scene. I started the the movie talking about this. This is the scene that fucked me up for a very long time. Like literally days, I didn't shut my mouth or shut my eyes. <laughs> There's a Freudian slip. <laughs> I didn't shut my eyes without seeing that image. Yeah, it was burned into the back of my eyelids. Yeah. Um. And and like I said, I knew nothing about this movie. Uh-huh. Absolutely nothing about it when I saw it. So it came out of it left field like nowhere for me you can actually um, in here I'm, I'm gonna say this you can actually say you can talk about the face without giving away the twist so let's not give away the big well, twist i i can't why you, you can't because it's all it's all part of it it's all right whatever we already said spoilers. We're, we're yeah so <laughs> one right, more warning one more warning if you don't want the end we're about ruined, to spoil the very end of the fast movie fast forward so. like five minutes yeah um it you come up on angela at the very end of the movie She's lying there naked on the beach. Or she's sitting there naked she's on the sitting beach there naked. with with an with a naked boy in her arms and she's stroking his head, stroking his head, stroking his head. When they come up on her on the lights, the head kind of she gets up, the head falls off, and you realize that it's a decapitated head. She has the most horrifyingly searing like smile on her making that sound the smile <laughs> on her face and as it zooms out you realize she is not a girl she has a penis she is a boy she is a boy if we ruined it for you we gave you all the warnings okay she's standing there buck naked buck naked the she's scene, now though, she's a boy like, and she's got this yeah this horrible look on her face it's it's oh but it's like it's nightmare inducing. Well, it's it's so weird because it's like why is she just sta- like she's not doing anything. She's just standing she's there. She's in a trance. Making like that face. She had like a mental break. Yeah, she's and completely she's just, lost it. Yeah. And you and you flash back to the beginning when there was the boat accident. It was actually the girl who died. Mm-hmm. And the little boy went to li- live with Aunt Martha, this crazy mm-hmm. woman. And Aunt Martha already had a son who was Ricky. 
So she decided that she was going to raise Peter, the young boy, as Angela, a girl. I always wanted a little girl. Oh, my oh, gosh. <laughs> um, so this scene, though, uh, they actually had to find a 18-year-old boy mm-hmm. who was tiny enough to pull off looking like a little girl. Mm-hmm. And apparently he had to get wasted <laughs> before they shot the scene. I would too, man. Um, and so the face, though, Angela's face is a mask. It's a good-looking really fucking good mask. mask. yeah. Like, I did not know... I think it's one of the reasons why that stuck with me so long is because you can't tell it's a mask. Well, I think it's, I think what it's, what's so scary... Because they do a close-up of uh, Felissa Rose's actual face mm-hmm. for a second. But when they zoom out to show the boy, the boy's body... It's now, it's, it, 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 what's weird is that it's such a good mask that you can't tell it's a mask, but it's also somewhat disconnected from the rest of the body. It's like 5% bigger than the head should be, too. Right. Like, there's something off about it, but the whole thing is so off. And there's that this it just... awful face that she's making, and there's this awful breathing sound, and then it that's just the way it ends. Ugh. It it freezes, and then it kind of, like... Uh, like desaturates and the and the screen goes to like you just see her face in like black and green and then the credits roll and that but that face is on the screen there. yeah and you know the way you said it was kind of burned into your eyelids it's kind of like how when you see a, a like a, a, a an image in negative colors yep. it'll do that close, same thing you close your you eyes close your and you, eyes see, and you yeah. see it in regular colors maybe that's why that's they did exactly that exactly what what happens with yeah, that image it's, it's so creepy i apologize <laughs> for giving the ending away to anybody who's still pissed but like <laughs> like you can't talk about this movie without talking about yeah, that yeah you really can't <laughs> um uh, I, and and to 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 end though they had actually talked about uh, uh, a prosthetic dick to put on Felissa Rose. But they were just going. They had get... actually talked about doing. They made the molds for it and the whole deal, and right. they ended up scrapping it. But um, but yeah, it just there's no other ending in cinema history. I think like this movie. Yeah. I, and I love this movie. I love this movie <laughs> so much. Now the there's two there's two sequels, and Angela was played by um, Pamela Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen's sister. Oh, sister. I think it was sister. I thought it was daughter. No, no. Oh, okay. Back then, no. I don't know. I think it was sister. It could be corrections, but like, she is related to him though. And um, and then there was a fourth film that was starting to be made, and then it shut down production. And this box set that I have comes with a disc that shows all the raw footage from that fourth movie. It's literally just a girl running through the woods. It's it really is nothing his, special. It is his sister, by okay, the way. That's, okay, yeah. that's what I thought. So, um, yeah, g- good stuff. That's yeah. that's Luke Boy Camp. Anyway. Uh, the next movie we gotta yeah we gotta hurry up. Um, the next movie is the Final Girls from 2015. New movie. Uh, it is a new movie, 2015. A young woman grieving from the loss of her mother, a famous scream queen from the 1980s, finds herself pulled into the world of her mom's most famous movie. Reunited, the woman must fight off the film's the mani- women. The women. What? You said the woman, as if there's only one. Oh, sorry. The the women. The women. <laughs> The women must fight off the film's maniacal killer. Uh, so, yes, 2015. This was directed by Todd Strauss. Uh, he, Todd Strauss, Solson. Solson. He also directed... Hey, I got that name right. No, you didn't. You said Solson. I said Solson. It's Solson. Fuck. Um, <laughs> he directed A Very Harold and Kumar Christmas. <laughs> okay. Which filmed right down the street from my work. Oh, Detroit. that's right. Okay, cool. Um, this has... Uh, it's got a lot of people in this movie. Uh, Taisa Formiga plays Max Cartwright, um, the daughter of the the Scream Queen and yep. uh, the aforementioned Scream Queen. She's uh, Vera Farmiga's younger sister, 
much younger sister. She's like 22 years younger than her or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malin Ackerman. How do you say? How do you say? It? I've always said. I've always said Malin. I've always said Malin, but then I saw an interview where somebody called her Malin. I don't know. Oh, well. I'm just gonna go with Malin. Malin Ackerman <laughs> plays uh, Nancy, the Scream Queen. Also Amanda Cartwright, her mom in real life. Alexander Lid, uh, Alexander Ludwig. He was in uh, the Hunger Games movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nina Dobrev, Elias Shawcat, who was just in Green Room, which that movie was awesome. I don't think you've watched it yet. Uh, Thomas Middleditch. From the Verizon commercials, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's also in uh, that Silicon Valley. Is he show. the big dude? No, 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 no. He was the he was no the big dude was Al- Alexander. Ludwig. Oh, he was the guy that knew all the yeah. He was like the movie the movie it. geek. Yeah. yeah, gotcha. Uh, Adam Devine from Workaholics. Yep. Um, Angela Trimber, who I, she was she's she was in Halloween, Rob mm-hmm. Zombie's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chloe Bridges, Torian Thompson. I don't know. There's a ton of a lot, people. There, yeah, there's a lot of people. It's kind of a <laughs> I wouldn't say star-studded, but, you know, they're people that Just have done stuff. a lot of really recognizable faces, <laughs> sure. yeah. Um, so, I, I I thought this movie was pretty cool. It was fun. It's it a was, horror comedy, first yeah, off. Let's, was, let's yeah. start off by saying that. It's not a straight slasher or anything like that. It's right. a slasher, but it's very much a comedy as well. Yeah. Um, and it works. You know, it, it really works. I, I, it's kind of a weird synopsis, and they don't really explain how it happens. <laughs> yeah, it's just magic. They really don't. It just, it just does, and sometimes that's completely acceptable. Yeah, you know, you don't need to explain everything all the time. I mean, essentially, they, uh, they go to a, a screening of, of her mom. Her, her mom in real life passes away mm-hmm. in a, in a car crash. Mm-hmm. A really computer generated car generated crash. car crash, and. Uh, Budget James, budget. <laughs> but but there was a car crash. Like once once they went into the movie, there was another car crash, and that one was practical. It's true. So what the it's hell? It's very true. I don't know. Well, I guess they only had the budget for one real. Perhaps car crash. they blew their load on the first one, <laughs> and then they go shit. We have to film the beginning still. <laughs> uh, I guess it would make sense because the beginning was filmed after all of the the actual movie parts. But uh, anyway, so. Uh, Essentially, she she goes to a screening of her mom's slasher movie um, on the anniversary of her mother's death, three years after her mother dies, and uh, um, in in an almost sort of Final Destination like uh, series of events, the the theater goes up in flames. You're you're not wrong about that. That's a very good way of putting that. And they they decide that uh, first off. Who brings Everclear into a movie theater? Us, probably. I mean, we've taken hundred proof rum into it yeah, into a movie theater. It's not much true. different. That's true, I suppose. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, the the place goes up in flames, and they don't know how to get out. So she takes a machete that somebody brought as as a prop, as a fan, and slices into the screen. And they jump through the screen because there's apparently an exit from the building behind the screen. But they actually end up jumping into the the, into the, the movie the movie universe. It's magic. It's, it's magic. It's it movie just, magic. It just happens. <laughs> um, so so they so they wake up in this movie. They don't know where they're at, and they meet these camp counselors, mm-hmm. and they're all just highly cliches of every type of person you can possibly imagine in these old camp movies. Yeah, and uh, so they 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 befriend them sort of, I guess. Well, I think they just that? I think they just realize that uh, because. They kind of get stuck in a time loop where they keep, every 92 minutes, they keep seeing the same van drive by, and they're like, oh, 92 minutes is the length of this movie, so we kind of have to just roll with it. Now, here's my question, though. 
the amount of time that they were with them though was longer than 92 minutes wasn't it no because this movie this like this movie the final girls in its entirety was 92 minutes so mm, well, the that. the movie that they jump into and this actual movie are the same amount of time so still learning stuff right? <laughs> <laughs> um so they basically figure out like we just need to kind of see this thing through so they they jump in the van with these counselors she's reunited with her mother uh-huh. but it's the but character she know. it's she the goes, character Who are you? right it's the character <laughs> from the movie so they kind of convince them that they're they're camp counselors, camp counselors yep. and it just kind of goes from there um i, I mean this movie's just it's kind of just a a love letter to slasher movies oh, yeah. to camp slasher movies all the people movies. in the movie were named after other characters or modeled after other characters from from famous slashers like every, pretty much every single person was right like all the girls um i think my i think ugh, man adam devine's character in this is probably <laughs> the greatest thing i've ever seen <laughs> he's just kind of i said i said to mike while we were watching this he's he's basically like a like a miniature jack black he is. His he sense is. of humor is obviously modeled after Jack Black, and and that's fine. He does it well, you know. Yeah. So I don't have any complaints about it. But that, I mean, it's it, it's pretty clear when you see him. It works for him though, man. Like, yeah, it's yeah. So good. Like, like what's what's his opening line? Uh, uh something about melons. Yeah. Or... Oh my God! What was it? You you need help carrying the fruit? My fruit I'm talking about are melons. <laughs> or or no or no? Do you need help carrying those melons? talking about her boobs <laughs> that's what it was <laughs> and that's essentially his character I ruined, throughout I the ruined entire... that joke oh yeah you, you <laughs> fucked it up real bad um i found it kind of interesting i uh, so this movie was uh written by a guy named joshua john miller mm-hmm. and he wrote this like he basically conceived the idea as a way of dealing with the death of his dad really his dad was jason miller who played father Karras in the exorcist oh no shit yeah look at that so it's kind of like full circle. Well, so the story of uh, of Max is essentially the story of of Jason Miller in real life. Just if if he had like jumped into the movie The Exorcist for some reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? I never thought. I well, I didn't know that. It's, so that, that, it's kind of that, that puts a whole new spin on 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 the movie, though. If you think about it from that perspective, it's really crazy. And so I, I actually I read that this was originally supposed to be I, they wanted it to be rated R, mm-hmm. and they wanted it to be much darker and much yes. more like a slasher film, which I really kind of wish that they would have. Yeah, I I enjoy the comedy aspect of it and everything, but I I wish that they would have kept the R rating and I wish that they would have, because it's not even if they would have filmed it and not put it in the theatrical cut, if they would have filmed it and then released like a director's cut later, right. That would have been awesome, yeah. you know. Like keep all the the crazy stuff in, keep the the blood and the gore mixed with the comedy. It's kind of like what um, Behind the Mask did, you know. It has that comedy aspect, but it, it's also very much a slasher movie, right? You know, this one I thought that the killer's mask was a little bit comedic in this movie, yeah. You know, and I get I get why they did it though. You know, it's supposed to be just very cliche guy in a mask, ooh, you know, like whatever. But right, he looks like a tiki guy to me. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what it was, I think. I'm, yeah. Um, there was, uh, there was some pretty cool parts in this movie. There was actually like a, there was a pretty cool one and we were kind of wondering like, this how- is one of the coolest shots I think in any like slasher movie, like by, by the, the coolest shot in any slasher movie. Yeah. I'll go out and say it. Oh, the coolest shot in any slasher movie. What are the slasher movies do cool, creative shots like this? I'm going to find one for next week and then I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, but Fair. there was this really cool shot and we're like, man, how'd they like, this was some 
pretty intense camera movements. I wonder how they, because the camera was flipping upside down, it was moving across the room and then back, going up two stories to a to a flight of stairs up, you know, like up on the top level of this house and stuff. And um, I found an Easter egg on the on the uh, DVD. The Blu-ray. Oh, was it Blu-ray? Yeah. Like I went over, I, I I know that sometimes if you go over to like certain spots on the menu and then you hit up, it, you'll find an Easter egg. And I found one on this, and it showed how they did it. And it was yeah. this gigantic uh, remote rig. remote control rig where this guy's actually like he was standing there. It almost looked like an RC remote mm-hmm. and controlling this camera and doing all these movements. I was like, this must have been they they probably blew like half of their budget on that one shot. They probably blew half their budget on that one rig. Well, that, I guess I guess that's what I meant. Yeah. Trying to get that shot, yeah. building the rig and everything like that. It so. reminded me that the all the camera moves and everything they did. It reminded me of like the cinematic equivalent of a Rue Goldberg uh, thing. Yeah, where one thing automatically leads into something else, and then it twist goes back, and then that causes something else to happen. Right, and the camera's just following it around the entire time. Like, it's super super cool. I didn't even know that they had rigs that did that. I know they had rigs that you could program to move at certain intervals. Mm-hmm. But this guy was like on a remote control. You pointed it out. He's on like a remote control controlling the rig as they're going. Yeah. And it was it was just super, super cool. Which I mean if you're looking at it that way, that's actually more kind of bare bones than one that you could control. Or not not or or one, one that, that one that you could program, you know yeah. what I mean? But True. um yeah, I don't know. There's then like your a, actors need to be good. What's that? <laughs> then your actors need to be good, though. So that is true. That doesn't always work out. <laughs> yeah, it was overall it was pretty cool. They did some funny, funny, cool kind of things, like where they would go into a, um, they went into a, a flashback, mm-hmm. and the world just sort of started to disintegrate around yep. them and like turn into black and white. Mm-hmm. They did a, a thing where like they were in. Am slow- I having a stroke? <laughs> yeah, they they did a thing where they were in slow mo, but they were aware of it. They're like, what's going on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was cool but like overall like i said like i wish they would have kept the r rating because or, or went for the r rating because these other two camp movies that we're talking about tonight filthy language lots of like yep. sexually charged uh young adults and stuff like just not that i need that stuff but like that's kind of what makes a, a like a, yeah. an 80s I guess camper, I didn't like camp slasher to me. I didn't miss it that much though. I still thought that the idea worked. I don't think that by not having that stuff in there, it necessarily made it a worse movie. But would it be better with it? Maybe. Yeah. I'm not gonna say no. I'm not gonna say no. But <clears throat> I don't think it was missed necessarily. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, because the, char- no, the character was... types all worked out really great on their own. Yeah. You know? Right. I it, it was it was a it was a it was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Now I'm gonna actually uh, I'm I'm gonna give you one more little tidbit about this. That's gonna lead very nicely into our next movie. Oh yeah, uh, Billy Murphy, who is the killer in this movie. Yes, what a is, horrifying name too. Yeah, so, Billy Murphy. <laughs> uh, well, apparently his name was originally supposed to be Hatchet Face. I don't know why they changed it to Billy yeah, Murphy, really. but uh, Billy Murphy's origin <laughs> oh, story. Billy. Billy Murphy's origin story: a prank pulled by kids at the summer camp, becoming an urban legend. Uh, his pose on the poster for Camp Bloodbath 2 Cruel Summer, which you can see in the movie, as well as being set on fire are all references to The Burning from 1981 and the character of Cropsey. A.K.A. one of the greatest campsite slasher movies ever made. Maybe my favorite, better, honestly. Better than Friday the 13th? It's, yes. It's really good, <laughs> dude. It's like, I love this movie. And, um, and oddly enough, a lot of people still don't know about this movie. 
That's what's kind of weird is I, I think it just it be, maybe it's just because it's one single installment it just sort of fell by the mm-hmm. wayside. I mean it, it's had its come comeuppance recently like Scream Factory put out a collector's edition of it right. like so people know about this movie they do but your run of the mill movie fan still does not know about this movie. Right. Like you know horror fans know about it yes but like anybody else no it's not a household name it's not and maybe it's because I mean, the character of Cropsey isn't as memorable as like a Jason Voorhees. Well, probably because you don't really see Cropsey that much. You see him a little bit at the end, but that's about it. Jason is a big hulking figure throughout all of the movies. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. He's more of an icon. Cropsey, it's like, it's like, oh, have you seen The Burning? Yeah, what does Cropsey look like? Uh, he has shears? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know you see his burned face at the end, but uh-huh. it was very quick, right. you know? And that's probably the reason why he never caught on. Um, speaking of Friday the 13th, though, Tom Savini did the effects for The Burning. Awesome effects. And and you can always tell Tom Savini's work, apart from a lot of others, especially in the early 80s era. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually turned down doing uh, Friday 2 because he thought the idea of Jason walking around was just stupid. He goes, he's like, on the uh, special features for The Burning, he talks about it. He goes, Jason's dead. He was dead as a little kid. Why is he up walking around? Makes no fucking sense. Mm-hmm. So he opted to not do the sequel because he thought it was stupid. Little did he know <laughs> what it was going to become, and he would end up coming back and killing Jason in, in 4. But, um, <clears throat> but I mean, I can't... I, Regardless of whether he was a part of that or not, his his work in this movie shines. Oh, it's great! If you've never seen The Burning, immediately go watch it. You can actually find the entire movie on YouTube, mm-hmm. which is nice. So, um, yeah. definitely check it out like as soon as you possibly can. Um, oh, I have crap. a question for you. I lost my synopsis. What does the, the Burning and Seinfeld have in common? <laughs> Jason Alexander. No. Oh. But Kiss. not, but not hair because he actually had hair. Costanza <laughs> can't stand yeah, um, yeah. Very young Jason Alexander is, uh, I would say, the lead kid. No, no, what? no, no. <laughs> he's no. kind of the lead kid. What movie did you watch? No, he's just kind of in the mix. I'd, yeah, I'd say there's no know. real, there's no real Maybe, lead kid. I don't. I think I pick him out as the lead because he's <clears throat> familiar. Maybe that's what it is. Well, but, there's there's actually some really uh, familiar. Uh, uh, actors in this movie Jason Alexander Fisher Stevens really young Fisher mm-hmm. Stevens he had to be only like I don't know 14 or something unless he just looks way younger looks than it. I think he just looks it because I when we were watching this I remember I, I texted you and I go am I the only one that's having a hard time figuring out who are the counselors and who are the kids they all look to be the same age Ooh, um, every single I, one of them I uh well by the end of the movie you get it because they're a little bit more separated and you see who's in control but like the first half of the movie, I literally couldn't figure out who was who. Um, they, they looked the exact same age. In fact, guy that played um, uh, Glazer, aka the dirty scumbag rapist, um, he was actually <coughs> older than everybody on the set. Well, I mean, you could kind of tell. <laughs> yeah, he like smoked a pack of cigarettes and did roids for like a year before, <laughs> before the movie. Um, it, it's I like I could tell you. You could tell that Denim Dan. <laughs> A.K.A. Todd and uh, Michelle was yep. that her name? You yep. could tell that they were both counselors. Mm. It was just mm. <laughs> what Michael? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's like as skinny as a rail, but I she is care. very beautiful. Um, uh, you could tell that they were. It, I think it was just like, like Jason Alexander. He's got George Costanza's voice, 
So it's like I wonder why. No, no, no. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen-year-old has a voice like that. That's you know exactly what I mean? my point. Yeah. It's like, it, so I'm and Fisher Stevens, even even as a young kid, had a really sort of mature mm-hmm. kind of old guy voice. Mm-hmm. So it was. I knew who was who. It was just kind of. I can it's see. Kinda, I can see where it was hard to discern. It's a little bit tough to tell, especially like I said at the end, the, the last half of the movie. They they really differentiate who's who. Yeah. Because the dialogue does that. But in the beginning of it, though, they're all hanging out in the same bunks. They're all hanging out at the same places, and you really—it's hard to tell who's who. Right. You know, like at least in Sleepaway Camp, they were all very <clears throat> obviously children. Yeah. Very obviously. Yeah. Not in this movie. Mm-hmm. No, this movie. Well, a- no, I don't know. In, in Sleepaway Camp, there was that like older group of guys who kept on. But they were older kids, though. Well, and the story didn't really well, center around them. Well, the one who kept running around—the guy from our intro quote. Mm-hmm. Oh no, the guy from our outro mm. quote. Yes, <laughs> he was like he he was like a full grown man with a full chest of hair. Like he listen. That was a I'm weird. That was a weird is, way of saying that. All I'm saying is that is that the burning seemed like the twelfth grade summer camp where the first year college students were the counselors. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I get you. Anyway, we ever na- we never actually said a, a, a synopsis for this movie. Uh, a former summer camp caretaker, horribly burned from a prank gone wrong, lurks around an upstate New York summer camp bent on killing the teenagers responsible for his disfigurement. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> Cropsy. No, isn't... I, I can't remember. Isn't there an actual... Like, there's a documentary about the Has legend... Been, it's very different. But, but there, there is an actual legend of Cropsy from a, upstate New York, yes. right? This is yeah. kind of loosely... It's sort of similar to your Cropsy, actually. Oh, Bruno? Or Bruno, yeah, same idea. Like, it's not not the hook for the hand necessarily, but the rest of the story is, is it based it's very on, similar. Is it is the is the legend based on any sort of fact? Does, does anybody know? You know, I'm not sure. I've seen the documentary, and the documentary is more about just what happened to real kids in the area, and there's like a mental hospital, and that's where it came uh, from, and yada, yada, yada. Right yep. The idea of Cropsy, though, in this movie, though, has nothing to do with that story. I okay. think they just took the name and took the idea that it was an urban legend, and they kind of made their own thing out of it. It's a cool name for a killer. You and I have talked, we, we talked about this years ago, because you were writing you were writing a, a, a screenplay. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I need a good name for the killer. And like one of the names you threw out is like, like Cropsy. That's a great sounding yep. name it really for is. a killer. Um, I love crops. <laughs> and the sea. And the um, sea. <laughs> Growing crops in the sea. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we need to wrap it up pretty soon. So do you have any favorite parts of this movie? Yeah, the whole thing. The, the entire <laughs> thing? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, no, like the guy... Was it was it the semi rape scenes or was it the prolonged nude listen, scenes? Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> was, they really they really found ways to Glazier. I wanted to punch Glazier in his goddamn head. Glazer. Glazer, whatever. Doesn't that make sense? Glazer. <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> Seriously, every time that he is around a woman, though, he's just forcing himself on her. Well, just every single time. Well, just one in particular. Not that makes it any better. Not that, that makes it any better. Um, I don't know. Like he's just he's. If I have a, a worse part of the movie, it's him. Like he makes me feel gross. I was like, I was like when the first scene that he's in, I was like, why is this guy at summer camp? Aside from the fact that he seems way older than everybody, yeah. Just why is a kid like him yeah. even at summer camp? He doesn't even seem like he would want to be at a summer camp. Nope. Not at all. Uh, it, it's 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 bizarre. Um, one thing that I did notice about the movie, and, and I, I realize I'm giving it another negative here, 
But like the uh, in the very beginning, when you see Cropsey's origin story, mm-hmm. uh, he gets burned or whatever this and that. Um, the the guy that plays Cropsey in the full body burn mm-hmm. looks nothing like the actor that you just saw catching fire. He's literally wearing like ski goggles. Like his whole head's covered. He's wearing like ski goggles. His clothes are completely different. Well, doing this full burn. Well, that's how you have to do. I mean, you can't. No, just... no. There's been way better full burns where they can use like clothes that at least look like it, and they don't need to cover your entire head. They do need to cover your entire head. But they use. But they. But they can make something to make it look or shoot it from the back. Whatever. This like, is this is a night a, a low budget movie from 1981. Shoot it from the back. <laughs> shoot it from the back. Why did we need to see a guy with like ski <laughs> that's, goggles that's on? What, that's what Glazer said. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot it from the back. <laughs> I hate you right now. Um, no, he was like you could tell he was wearing like a full size like it, it almost looked like a motorcycle helmet. Yeah. But what are, you're really gonna fault it for that? There was a dude fully aflame on on screen. He was and fully aflame. And <laughs> I'm gonna have to go. I'm entirely aflame, <laughs> and you're gonna fault him for not looking enough like the actor. All right, fine. Whatever. Fuck off, Mike. Whatever. No, uh, I, whatever. I mean, like the guy uh, was the guy was on fire. All right, you're asking you're asking me my favorite parts, the kills. Honestly, God, uh, the Dude, shears going through the neck of uh, Glazer's of Glazer's Glazer's neck. kill. That's my oh favorite my kill. Because first, because he's such a such an asshole. Yep, yep. And you're just like, yeah, just kill him. But like the the it's kill, a very satisfying death. The kill was cool. It was like like because he goes like he had he had just gotten done. Um, making love to this girl for about 0.6 seconds he had just gotten done getting done getting done and and then he goes to like grab some matches to build a fire oh, and he sorry, comes it'll be better next time i promise <laughs> be great and he, <laughs> and he comes he comes back to find her well he he thinks that she's just sleeping under the sleeping bag and he pulls oh, she's back. sleeping all right she's well with the fishes yeah okay and and he pulls back the sleeping bag and apparently cropsy's hidden underneath the sleeping bag with her and the shears just come out and stab him right through the throat. It's really graphic, And he lifts too. him all the way up off the mm-hmm. ground, and then he goes, kind of like Michael Myers style, goes and, like, stabs him against a tree, and he's just hanging against Here's the tree. the best part about it is that the, uh, so you see the blades go into the front of his neck, but mm-hmm. then you also see them out the back of his neck, and when he gets pinned to the tree, they actually, like, like throw him into the tree, and those blades in the back, they don't move. Yeah, and it legitimately looks like it's the same blades going from the front to the back. Yeah, they uh, what they did basically is they you know the whole arrow through the head gag where yeah. it's like the front's here and there's a, they basically did that exact same thing but with real pieces of like metal. So when they pushed him against the tree, mm-hmm. it didn't move. Was it? It was like a full collar that went all the way around his neck. I'm one or, side. I'm one oh, side okay. of his neck. On yeah. the back side that was yeah. away from the camera. Yeah, and it, it's it's so simple and so easy, but it was so effective. It looked amazing. You know, because usually you'd see it give way or move or whatever and then mm-hmm. the camera would cut really quick but this one like they stuck him to a tree and those blades in the back stuck into the tree like that's, it's that's Tom Savini baby it's Tom Savini he, he might be kind of a dick in real life but no well <laughs> I might be over that face <laughs> he was uh, a nice guy when he toured me on his facility so that's all oh well, there yeah you go. that's right you there went you and checked met, out the by accident did your did your sister actually go to school there? She was checking it out, but she went to a different school. Okay, right on. Um, he was actually a super nice guy, and we met him recently, too. Well, yeah, we just met him a couple months so ago, and he was really nice. So basically, he was only nice. a dick. Just when to I was, you. It's when something I was... about your stupid face that he didn't like. It's because he knew I screwed him out of, like, 15 bucks. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what it was. <laughs> you owe me $15. Um, another fun uh, piece of trivia. This is the very first Miramax movie. 
Really? The very first one. Bob and Harvey Weinstein um, claimed they wrote the script before Friday the 13th because this mm. came out in... Uh, of course they do. This came out in 81. Friday the 13th came out in 80. Right. And so they claim they've had, they had this script well before Friday the 13th. To, to be fair, to be fair, at the very end of the credits, there's a, it says um, the last thing that you see on screen, uh, like on the credits rolling, it, it says uh, Cropsy something... A Cropsy something production, 1980. Yeah, I wonder if they. So I mean, it, it, it they they wrapped they wrapped production in 1980, which means they probably wrote it way before that. So yeah, so, I don't yeah. Because a lot of people said this was just a straight copy of Friday the 13th, and they put it into production <laughs> real quick. And the first time I ever saw this movie, it was on TV, mm-hmm. and like I I got about. 45 minutes into it actually probably like it was probably even longer because the the killings don't really start until about an hour into the movie yeah. i was probably like a good three quarters of the way through the movie before i realized that it wasn't a friday the 13th movie oh really yeah. well, i mean it could be well, in all I, fairness it was i, I was it, i was kind of young and i i had never heard of the burning and i was like i was i was a late i was a late comer to the to the um burning yeah and Glazer was an early comer. <laughs> and uh, It'll be better next time, baby. I swear. Oh, baby, I swear to God, it's gonna be so good next time, baby. What a uh, fucking creep. So yeah, like the first time I saw, because I knew there was the scene in uh, Friday Five. Yep. With the shears, mm-hmm. where he clips the chicks. Yeah, he like stabs her in the eyes, and then he does Eddie's leather strap kill, yep. which I've talked about before. Mm-hmm. So I just thought this was another Friday the Thirteenth movie. Little did I know. I got you. I got you. And then I figured um, it out. Speaking of Friday the 13th, if you're wondering why we haven't talked about Friday the 13th, it's because everybody has. Every damn body talks about that. Yeah. Plus, maybe we'll what do What else it. are we going to say? What's, plus, what's new? Plus, maybe we'll oh, do Oh, I it. really liked that Jason part when he popped out of the water. Well, well everybody fucking likes that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a boring show to listen to. Plus, maybe we'll do a retrospective at some point. And then it won't be boring. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like a five-hour episode. <laughs> I'll break it into two parts, whatever. Yeah, whatever. All right. Um, uh, that does it, guys. Yeah. Oh, well, f- uh, my my last favorite part. Oh, sorry. Cro- Cropsy's death. I oh, mean, yeah. that, that part where he ta- he gets an axe to the head. Yeah. And, like, it it goes. I mean, obviously, the head at that point is, like, latex. But it's a pretty just, hard just, hit, though, Just yeah. when the axe goes in and the blood just gushes out of his head. It's amazing. It's like when you hit like a watermelon with a sledgehammer. That sound that it makes. That yeah, it's like a yeah. weird, satisfying sound. And then just to add insult to injury, they set him on fire. Oh, that's why there's no sequel because his head got caved <laughs> in and he got set on fire. They could have. Uh, well, two more things just before we wrap. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm just gonna say this quick because you can't talk about the burning without the raft scene. Oh yeah, the raft massacre. Sure, I'm sure. I'm surprised that you didn't bring this up. Actually, that's well, a great scene. It, I mean, that's like that's showcasing Savini's talent, like in in five different ways within 30 the seconds. Head, and the head shimmers with the fingers is the best part of that entire scene. Yeah, because it looks so real. Fisher Stevens yeah. plays uh, Woodstock. The character he puts he his go, hands up. Goes like put his hands up and the and Crossy We're just both comes in with right the, now. Nobody can see. Crossy <laughs> comes up with the shears and just <laughs> clips his fingers off and then stabs him in the throat. Yeah. Uh, and, yes. And there's another girl that gets her head slashed open. That looks that awesome. That one looks awesome. Looks so good. So good. And then. Uh, what was the last thing? Oh, just the ending of this movie. Oh, I, like it was, our, our it, opening. It was our opening yeah. quote. Just how it's they. A great way to end it. They end it because earlier in the movie, uh, Todd Denim Dan tells the story of Cropsy, and then is the one from the beginning the very last one? 
or is it Todd telling it? It's the last one. It's the last it's one. The last so one. so like after all is said and done, after all this stuff continues. happens, there's another guy at another camp telling the story of Cropsey, yep. and the story continues. Yeah. So they kind of almost set it up for a sequel, but they, they just could never still do did it. it. They could. We could do it. The Burning Two, Chlamydia. <laughs> it burns. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you got anything else? No, I'm good. All right. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, and Horror Amino at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. And find Lactose J Raj. You can find us on social media at Ocean Recording, Instagram and Twitter. And if you want tips how to make your podcast sound great, or tips how to record, special miking placements and all that, or want to send in your tracks to mix, or just want to say what's up, hit me up at OceanRecordingStudio.com. I'll be glad to answer all of your fantastic questions. Yeah, baby. And uh, just once again to repeat, you can also find Mitten Kid at MittenKidClothing.com. Yeah. Buy some shit. Support local. Yes. Michigan, baby. Even if you're not in Michigan, just support Michigan because yeah. it's awesome. <laughs> all right. Cheers, boys. <laughs> Hey, what are you guys up to, huh? Yeah, we got a game against the counselors. You gonna play? Sure. I gotta take a wicked dump first, so I'll see you guys down there, alright? <laughs>